In this new podcast series, we are on a mission to reunite families at the dinner table. We want to help families be closer, sharing and more loving. The dinner table is not only an area for eating, but a place for gathering, sharing, communicating and where relationships can grow. Studies show there are enormous mental and physical health benefits for the whole family with reduced rates of anxiety and depression. There are so many benefits and in this series we'll give you ideas on how to get your family to the dinner table and how to make it a valuable experience for everyone. We are joined again by Derek Boylan, father of nine and director of the Centre for Life, Marriage and Family in the Archdiocese of Perth. He's also a lecturer in counselling at the University of Notre Dame in Perth and specialises in grief and loss, professional and personal growth and couple and family therapy. It's a bit bit wordy, but it's good, Derek. Good to see you and talk to you again. Thanks, David. It's good to be back. Now, in the first podcast, we talked about the concept behind the dinner table and ideas for how families can reunite, talk constructively together and become a stronger family unit. Would you agree that family identity, as we once knew it, has got lost in recent times? Most definitely, I would I would agree with that. Um, and it's I guess it's something that we did touch on briefly in the last podcast. However, it's really good to expand on that. I think you know uh, today, and one of the most important things for children growing up is a sense of belonging. You know, is a sense of identity that they are seen, that they are important in the world to important people around them. And, uh, and that they have a sense of uh, belongingness, you know, that they're a part of the, the tribe. And, uh, and that's a really important part of their identity formation. And family meals play a really important role in that. Family meals are a time when we actually come together as a family and that our identity as a family is sort of nurtured and formed. You know, I think that, um, you know, uh, all of our kids would sort of agree, and, and I see this often in families who have a, a strong culture around family meals, is yeah. they develop sort of a, a kind of an, like there's a boilingness, right? So, you know, and all of our our kids would sort of say, yeah, boilings have a certain sense of humour, boilings have sure. a certain way of sort of being, and there's a sense of sort of pride in, in belonging to that, being a part of that. Uh, I think sure. about other families in our lives who have a strong um, family um meal time and uh, and there's a sort of a you know for the smiths there's a smithness about them and the, for the jones a joneness about them and yep. for small children particularly that sense of belonging of sense of having an identity being a part of a tribe is really really important really healthy for um for development and growth yeah no absolutely and well said uh now research and we discussed this uh, briefly in the last podcast but research has shown there are huge benefits to children including positive impact on their mental health and regular family dinners are associated with lower rates of depression, anxiety and substance abuse, eating disorders, tobacco use and higher rates of resilience and self-esteem. And uh, you did mention that, as I said briefly in the last one, but that's a very important point and it's worth uh, going over again, I think. Absolutely. And it kind of would be good to maybe break open some of those different benefits. one of the things that's sort of a research project that a number of years ago that the World Health Organization uh, commissioned in, uh, they had an institute in Canada who did this research. But what they wanted to look at was, you know, across all different cultures, you know, across the world, all different cultures, what are the, the number one predictors of children's flourishing? 
you know, whether children are going to actually flourish and be healthy and, and strong and have the best chance at uh, succeeding and doing well in life. And that research project came up with two key factors. There were two fundamental factors that were the most important factors for a child to flourish. Uh, the first was adequate nutrition was, you know, kind of fairly obvious, right? If they have good food to eat and they're eating regularly, then they will have a healthy brain development, body development, and, you know, that will put them in good stead going forward. Yeah. And, uh, and then the second thing was um, meaningful, affectionate relationships. You know, people who saw them, loved them, cared about them, were interested in them, um, was uh, was the second most important thing. If children had those two things, those two factors, that gave them the best chance of doing really well in life. And um, and I think, you know, the family meal, one of the great things about the family meal, it's one place that can happen regularly in a family where those two factors come together, you know, that we yeah. have good food and nutrition that sort of nurtures our bodies and our brain, you know, growth. And we have those affectionate relationships where we're seen, where there's human uh, humor, and we can talk about meaningful things. Um, but I guess the research shows, you know, a whole heap of additional benefits as well to families coming together for the family meal. Um, you know, on a on a very practical legal level, um, it teaches uh, children better eating habits. Um, and that's for teenagers too, actually. You know, the research, uh, there was an interesting study a while back, and it found that teens who Eight with their family were more likely to consume uh, fruit and vegetable, were less uh, likely to eat fast food and sugary beverages. And mm. what they found is that those findings were true, not just for, it was independent of how functional the family was. So even really dysfunctional families, if they had a regular meal, the teenagers in those families picked up on all of those uh, same benefits. Okay. Um, it also, obviously, it prevents a whole heap of um, psychosocial issues. And, uh, and you mentioned a few of those a moment ago, that what we know is that we have lower rates of depression, lower rates of anxiety, lower rates of substance abuse, eating disorders, um, you know, tobacco use, all of those things uh, well and truly researched that families who have a regular family meal, um, you know, we see benefits in all of those areas for, uh, for young people. Sure. Uh, it helps with uh, preventing weight loss, uh, uh, overweight uh, issues and weight struggles. And, th and that actually, the research shows that that actually is a, a really long ongoing effect. Long after children have left the home, even up to 10 years later, a regular family meal has a, a really strong flow on effect into adulthood for, um, for uh, young people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but self-esteem as well is really interesting. Um, you know, an interesting Stanford um, study found that you know, just having a regular family meal actually helps to nurture a really healthy self-esteem in children. It sort of encourages them to talk about uh, their day and to know that they're being genuinely heard and listened to and that there are genuine responses. Uh, it helps to, I guess, communicate that they're valued, that they're respected, and they're worthy of value and respect in their lives. Um, and also just being involved in sort of the chores around dinner time. You know, whether it's setting the table or helping with dishes or serving food, you know, cleaning up helps them to have a sense of independence and autonomy that they can make a difference. And that difference is valued, you know, in the world around them. We talked last week about communication skills and improving communication skills. And that's an important part of the family meal. Um, and one, one of the more interesting, I think, modern sort of uh, um, developments that, you know, some research has found is that. You know, cyberbullying is a sort of a common experience for many young people. 
um, mm. in the world today. And, uh, and some really interesting research has found that actually um, just a regular family meal, even when, you know, young people might experience cyberbullying, it actually really helps them to bounce back from that. The teens right. who ate dinner with their families regularly, um, ideally, in, this, in their particular study, they found at least four or more times a week reputed, uh, reported much lower levels uh, of uh, cyberbullying and, uh, and being able to bounce back much more quickly from it, just as a result of being a part of their family and having a regular meal um, with one another. And I suppose yeah. that sort of really maybe taps into the research I mentioned last week around uh, trauma. When people experience um, trauma, what we know unequivocally, the two things that will really help the most is regular connection with people yes. that are meaningful in their lives and, uh, and routine you know, a regular uh, routine in their lives. And a family meal provides exactly those two essential qualities. So there are yep. just so many benefits, really, that come from just a regular just a regular sitting down and having a meal together as a family. And it doesn't have to be the perfect meal uh, as a family, but just coming together and its benefit, the flow on a benefit for young people, for teenagers, uh, yep. adolescents. It's just, you know, it's um, you know, undeniable, yeah. really. It's not in question. Yeah. Well, family meal times can involve robust discussions or, dare I say, arguments. But, I mean, that's not a bad thing either. I mean, people getting things off their chest, and as long as you're respectful, um, it, it's important. That all plays a part as well. Yeah. Well, I think about the experience of my family growing up and and what a family meal looked like in our family and Karen's family growing up. So my family was, uh, you know, with the generation Australian and, you know, we all sit down at the table. We all had our own space at the dinner table. And mostly our conversations at dinner time revolved around ideas and concepts and, you know, politics and religion and, you know, big sort of like issues. And, and that was a sort of a typical meal in our house. But in Karen's family, a typical meal, you know, sounded like talking about the day, having a bit of a laugh, having a bit of a joke, talking about, you know, she comes from a family, uh, uh, you know, with strong Indian and Burmese, you know, influences, and uh, and they talk about the chili and how good that was, and uh, <laughs> and it doesn't really matter what you're talking about, so long as you're no. talking and connecting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in a fairly sedate household. Mum and Dad hardly ever fought. Dad never raised his voice, or well, not that I can remember. Um, so it was all very but sedate. But I sometimes wish if we had a bit of Italian or Greek in us, we could have had a few more robust discussions, which would not have been a bad thing. Yes, I agree. Sometimes the tough conversations are the, the really important ones. And as long as people are being respectful and, yeah. uh, and not toxic, you know, those actually, those are important conversations are preparing us for many of those conversations all through our lives. Yeah. And the other thing, when you talk about resilience, self-esteem, responsibility, you mentioned you're washing up or drying the dishes afterwards, that, you know, if you have those chores, that, that's very important too. Oh, I agree. Definitely. And, uh, you know, we have on our... Um, we have a, a big whiteboard in our uh, living area and because we have so many kids and everyone's going different places, different days and different events. And so if it's not on the whiteboard, it's not happening. And, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but on there is also the job list and that sort of gets changed each week. Um, but, uh, but, you know, kids know I'm on dishwasher or I'm on setting the table or I'm on cleaning up dinner table this week. And, uh, and that's an important part, you know, children... Um, you know, adults contribute a lot to families, right, in terms of money, petrol, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, but children are also expected to contribute, and they can contribute through sharing joyful moments, good things that are happening in their lives, helping out with household chores. And as long as we're all sort of contributing, families function well, and, uh, and helping children to learn that at an early age is really important. Yeah. 
Well, it's, it's teaching children, you know, while you might be having pizza and thoroughly enjoying that for dinner, it's not just about the fun part. There are other things you need to do as well. It just things don't just happen. You've got to contribute to make the whole thing work. And that mm-hmm. includes doing the chores either before and afterwards. Yeah, and that's going to be a part of every area of their life going forward. Absolutely. All steps that they're learning at those early stages, um, you know, and, and regularly, you know, that become a pattern in life for them. Yeah. Derek, uh, sharing a meal and communicating also helps young people's social skills, as you've mentioned, and develops bonds between siblings and parents from an early age. The bond between a parent and a child is vitally important, as your research would tell you. Yeah, look, the that bond, that especially that early attachment bond with children is so important and there is so much interesting research around that. It's probably worth us just diving a little deeper into that. Um, you know, what we know is that uh, children, their early attachment to primary caregivers is fundamental to their flourishing. And it's not just for people, just for humans. It's actually across the, the animal kingdom as well. Um, I came across an interesting study just recently, and they were a researcher in the US uh, working with rats and uh, and the, the pups. So when a mother rat had you know a new litter, and uh, he was measuring how often the mother fed the the little baby pups and uh, and licked them and stroked them, and what was the on what what that looked like in terms of development later in life. Yep. And uh, what they found is that the number of times that the mother fed and uh, and nurtured and licked the pup was the number one predictor of those rats later in life, their capacity to regulate their stress levels, and also the predictor of how intelligent they would be in terms of navigating mazes and doing what rats do. Yeah. But what we find is that it's not just animals, it's human beings as well, that if in early years of our life um, we have this strong, secure base in our homes, that it really sets us up to be able to succeed much later in life as well. You know, I guess there's, uh, you sort of talked a little bit earlier about safety and the importance of safety. And, you know, if children don't feel safe, then they expend a lot of energy trying to make sure that they are safe, you know, to ensure that, you know, people are attuned, that their needs can be met and those sorts of things. And that energy doing that is taken away from energy that they could be using to explore their world. Right to discover their capacity to learn new things and ideas, and that when children have a really a sense of a really secure base, that their home is a secure base, that there are moments when we come together and it's safe and we care about one another and we're interested in one another's lives, yeah. then they have actually a lot more energy to expend then you know in discovering who they are and exploring their world and becoming who they want to be. And, and family meals are a really great way to establish that, you know, to be able to come together as a family and show that actually we all care about each other's needs. We all care about each other's journey uh, that, you know, to sort yeah. of communicate to one another, you're important to me. You know, I see you. And, yeah. uh, and to establish that safety and that secure base from which children can then discover who they are and explore their world. So it's really, really important, that bond between parent and child. And it does start at a really early age. In you know those moments of sitting down and oh gosh you know from from breastfeeding to feeding them the mashed bananas to yeah. you know, and and on to later stages of life as well. Yeah, no, exactly right, uh, Derek. Children getting together with their parents. It's also a case of sharing values, building trust, as you mentioned, and listening to their concerns. And just as importantly, or perhaps even more importantly, solving problems together. And you mentioned in the last podcast your son coming to you 
about an issue with, uh, with a girl, which was fantastic. But that, that, again, is vitally important. That's where it can all start at the dinner table. Yes, that's right. You know, it's really, you know, the one time when we come together and we touch base and we unite the strands of our individual life journeys together with one another. And, uh, and it is a time when we can sort of stop and, uh, you know, actually share some of those things to find out what's happening in other people's lives. It's, you know, it's, I guess it's easy to be dismissive of other people or think of them as just objectionable or, you know, those sorts of things when we don't really know what's going on, you know, behind the scene. We don't know, you know, the other things that they're challenged with and they're, that they're facing in their life. And a family meal right. is really a place where we are able to listen to each other's concerns and to be more empathic with one another and to solve problems, and, but to solve problems in a way that is going to um, be attuned not just to my needs, but also other people's needs as well. I guess a healthy family is one that is responding not just to the individuals and their challenges, but also to the needs of the family and other individuals too. And it is a time when we're able to share values, when we build trust, when we listen to one another and share each other's concerns, and we can work out the strategies or be more attuned as we work out the strategies of solving the problems of life that we face. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, when you're young, and I can still think back to when I was a teenager, the problems at the time seemed quite dramatic and quite huge. But as you go on in life, they're not really that big. They're big for you at that time. But, if, you know, if you're around a table or you've got your parents here and they can pass on advice, I mean, you're going to learn strategies that will help you later in life. Yeah, and gain perspectives, you know, hear other people's ways of looking at things, you know, that sometimes reframe things in a way that you kind of, oh, actually, that is the way forward or that is a better way of thinking about things. Um, You know, I love my oldest sons at the moment. You know, they like to get into debates about all sorts of interesting things and but I can see them forming each other, you know, as they sort of go deeper onto a particular issue and and, uh, and then dad likes to get in there as well and have an opinion too and uh, and they're growing in their understanding about the world and its complexity and those things. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. My brother is only 18 months younger than me and we fought like cat and dog until about the age of 10 or 11. Then suddenly we stopped fighting, which was one of the most uh, amazing miracles of all time. Uh, and I think the neighbours were very happy about it. But we're, we're still close, but we're very different. But we, you know, we respect each other and we respect our differences. Yeah, I think it's very important, you know, and that is how we learn to respect one another, often around the dinner table. It's sort of, a, you know, it's one of those places, because we're sharing a meal and we're doing something that's good for us, we tend to get a bit more solution-focused rather than problem-focused. Instead of getting bogged down in an argument, you know, well, if you never said this, this never would have happened and it's all your fault, you know. We yeah. tend to, as we're sharing a meal and doing something that is good for us, get a bit more focused towards, okay, so what are we going to do about this now? You know, instead of getting hooked into blaming and, you know, attacking and those sorts of things, that, that actually just the very fact that we're sharing a meal and having these conversations uh, actually helps to sort of create an inertia towards, you know, uh, solutions rather than, um, you know, getting bogged down in hurt feelings. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's important. Uh, Derek, the spiritual side of families coming together is also important, uh, and that will be uh, the focus of our next podcast. But as a man of faith, I'm sure you can relate to that uh, with a lot of significance. Yeah, definitely, David. I think, you know, we sort of talked a moment about about solving problems and, uh, you know, as a family and that being a time when we, you know, learn those skills. Um, But it's also a time when we, as you know, especially as adults in families, have a chance to really role model some things. and. 
you know, one of that is, I guess, around how we solve problems in our world, you know, just sharing stories about daily life and things that have happened at work and, you know, the meaning that we made out of those things and to uh, role model that. Um, it's preparing them for the adult world. Uh, it's also a time when we share our joys, the things that, um, that you know, that are important, that are happening. Uh, and we've talked about before, but it's also a really natural way that we can share with, you know, uh, our families the deeper meaning of life things, issues, you know, I guess our world perspective, our understanding on things. There is something really spiritual about coming together as a family and uh, and sharing one another. I don't think it's sort of by chance that Jesus sort of eats his way through the Gospels, yeah. right, and going to people's houses and those sorts of things for meals. And, uh, and that coming together as a family uh, is a way to really bring alive uh, elements of faith and spirituality in a way that is actually grounded and concrete and meaningful to the circumstances of our lives as well. And so it'd be really great for us to focus on that on the next uh, podcast. Yeah, no, that will be good. And as we know, the, the spiritual side has tended to die off a bit, especially in the West. Uh, people aren't going to church anymore. And uh, yeah, we're seeing dramatic changes in places like Australia, Ireland, the United States. And uh, I mean, we can't uh, solve all the problems of the world, but it's interesting that sort of cor correlates a bit with the, the dinner table, people not eating together, the lack of communication. I think they're all sort of bound up together. But as you said, we'll discuss that more in the next uh, podcast. Anything else you'd like to add uh, the main, some of the main points, Derek, from uh, the benefits of gathering for family meals? Yeah, look, I think probably the main points are, you know, coming together as a family meal, it's great for young people growing up in those families, you know, on all different levels, whether it's physically, nutritionally, whether it's psychosocially, whether it's emotionally, you know, it's on, on every area of development. The family meal is really helpful and supportive and, and not just for ideal families or perfect families, even in the messiness of everyday families as well. Yes. Um, and that actually, it's really important for our identity. You know, it helps to form our family identity, our sense of who we are and our sense of belongingness and belonging to people. So it's definitely worth persevering uh, with the family meal and, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't always have to be every single day, right? Sometimes families are complex. They've got kids' extracurricular activities and sometimes they've got to work in the evenings. But finding that time each week for a regular meal when they can come together as a family, uh, even just a few times, you know, can make a huge difference to family life. Uh, and the and the health and the growth of the individuals in in those families. Yeah, no, no, families are certainly vitally important, as we've discussed many times in the past, and had a slight giggle at the same time. Families are, by their nature, very dysfunctional. I don't think I've met a family that isn't dysfunctional in some ways. Oh, of course, every family has their black sheep and oh, yeah. funny ways of relating, and uh, oh, you know, and their eccentricities, and um, and and I kind of think you know. That's maybe part of the way that God prepares us for the world, right, is, uh, you know, our families are sort of the sandpaper that we rub up against that actually <laughs> bring, our, bring out something really fantastic. Yeah. Well, life would be very boring if it was perfect. I mean, there are some days you wish things would go a little more smoothly. Uh, we, we all have days like that. But you, you also know that if you're having a bad day, then the day after is probably going to be fine. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And sometimes I've just find it a family meal. Oh, just getting that off your chest, you know, with the people around you who care about you, that in, that in itself is enough to be, all right, I can yep. get back into the fight tomorrow and uh, and it'll be all right. That's right, yeah. Talking to you, your loved ones, your, your partner or your uh, your children, it's so important at times and they can make you feel a lot better, especially when you've had a bad day. Mm. 
Definitely. Derek, great talking to you again. Uh, We'll see you next time for Growing Faith around the dinner table. Terrific. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, David. See you then. Mm -hmm.